1: Hello and welcome to another episode of My Property World. We've got a, a deal feature uh, today and we're going to be talking to Christine Janaway, Chartered Surveyor, um, one of the leading experts in commercial leasing. Um, her, uh, her deal that we're, we're going to be discussing uh, involves a, uh, a client where where they have a care home lease deal. Now, now, Christine, uh, where in the country is this?
2: Uh, it was in the, uh, I'm say, the southeast of England.
1: Okay, and we're we're talking about a care, a, a, a series of care homes. Yeah, portfolio. Totally all together.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's seven care homes and about well over two hundred bed spaces altogether.
1: Right, right. So over significant enough. Now. Uh, are you happy talking some numbers?
2: Yeah, yeah absolutely. Go for
1: it. Okay, um, so you've got a a, a freeholder who has a a completed um, series of care homes. Yep. Yeah. What uh, and they want to lease it. Uh, what What are their objectives, and what What are the objectives of your your client, and uh, and how would you describe your client? And you sure. you're not well,
0: allowed to name them. Yeah. So.
2: The the objective of the freeholder was to make sure that assignment of the leases in place happened to someone who was a strong enough covenant to carry on the business because the current leaseholders basically were going bust. okay, Uh, And they needed someone to step in. Um, So my client was a national charity. I mean, hundreds of millions of pounds worth of assets. So you would think this would be a fairly small transaction for them. But in fact, the lease terms were so onerous and the lease still had over 20 years to go that just the review clause which was rpi plus um within 15 years would have put my client underwater so it was no surprise that the current leaseholder was um, uh, and,
1: and so so the sustainability of the the lease wasn't uh, there and, there was no
2: sustainability to the lease whatsoever
1: Indeed. okay now what, what sort of scope of um, asset are we talking about I, I presume there was some debt associated with the uh, the freehold
2: yeah um I sometimes you have to go rummaging around to find this information people are not always very forthcoming but I did discover that there was about 17 and a half million pounds worth of debt against this portfolio that the freeholder had raised against the asset value. Um, And they needed to be sure that that would be covered. Otherwise, they didn't want their lender to call in that loan, obviously.
1: Mm -hmm. And and so you're you're in a position where you're acting for the potential uh, uh, leaseholder? Yeah, yeah, indeed. Uh, And uh, there's an agent in between you and the freeholder. Is that correct?
2: Yes, Yes, correct.
1: And your client um, obviously is wanting space to lease. Uh, They're okay with the 20 years, but you've got to negotiate what the deal is.
2: Yeah, their their driver, my client's driver, like all charities or most of them, was purely um, the the benefit of the occupiers who were going to stay in occupation, provided the whole thing didn't collapse like a pack of cards. They were going to stay in occupation and their single focus of concern was the welfare of the occupiers. So, and that overrode everything that they were considering. Okay, which makes it a little bit tricky because my sole focus of concern was the viability of the leases and the impact on my client. Obviously there are people living in there. I did have concerns some concern about them but that was not my primary driver and that was not my role in acting for the clients my role was to make sure that when they took the leases that the lease terms would not prejudice them and that they um they would be in a position to continue to operate these homes over 20 years 30 years however long Mm -hmm. they want to operate them Um, So there wasn't
1: one of one of the things that um you know for a deal to be a win-win, you've got to think about what does the other side want. So what what did the freeholder actually want? What was important to them?
2: The freeholder wanted, first of all, the asset value to be protected. They wanted to make sure their loan had sufficient cover by the asset value. Mm -hmm. And they wanted an operator that was going to be there for the long haul and could make this thing a success. But because of the type of business they were, they, they did have a certain reputation in the property, um, you know, uh, world market, arena, whatever you want to call it. It feels like a bit like an arena at times. Um, they did have a certain reputation. And, and they, although they wanted all those things I just mentioned, they also wanted maximum right of cash flow. Mm-hmm. So uh, in a way, their position itself was not tenable. They couldn't have those two things at the same time. Mm-hmm. Their agent thought they could. Their agent, had probably advised them that they could. But as as is common, when you're when you're dealing with one of the big agents, this was a big London agent. Okay, um, and I was a partner at the time in a provincial um, firm of surveyors. You know, quite a number of offices. I I ran one of the one of the commercial surveying teams there. Um, But when you are up against people like that, they often think that you really don't know what you're doing. So, and and obviously I'm not a bloke, so there's an inbuilt degree of prejudice there, which you have to work harder to get over. First of all, the fact that I am not a man and the fact that I work for a provincial firm, he obviously thought, well, you won't know what she's talking about. And actually in a way, that was better for me because as long as he continued to think that um, I was gaining ground the whole time. Mm-hmm.
1: And, and so uh, what, what was the value of loans again? So you. At
2: 17 uh, and a half.
1: So the freeholder uh, is owed. Seven, oh, sorry. Yeah, the freeholder is borrowed and
2: 17 and a half. Yes. Against an asset value. Uh, probably valued at over 20 million. Um, right. It wasn't worth that at the point they and
1: we um, we're, you, you're under pressure because there's a uh, there's another party uh, getting involved in the background. So t- tell us oh, a little bit about how you you use that yeah. in the negotiation.
2: Okay. Uh, so so a,
1: as opposed to it being a a gun to your head in the negotiation.
2: Yeah. No. Well, I I, I, I never go into in an
1: innovative I, way. Yeah,
2: I, I never go into any negotiation thinking I might have a gun up my head. Otherwise, it's pointless, isn't it? Um. So. I found out who the other party, the other bidders were, the other potential um, leaseholders, uh, by a little bit of subterfuge, um, which was sending along one of my buildings. So it's quite handy having a team of surveyors could you got all different types of people in your team, valuers, land agents, and building surveyors. So I sent one of my building surveyors along to have a look around the property, um, ostensibly for um, reinstatement valuation, yeah, insurance valuation purposes. And the guy I I'd sent one of my business ways in particular because it's very nice child, very affable, very chatty. Um, and I knew that he would get the job done and he was fully briefed about what he was expected to come back with, the information. So he uh bless him, did his job and he had a quick look round and he chatted to all the people working in there about, oh I've heard, you know um there's something you know and they were all oh my god it's so worrying we don't know what's going to happen um and there's so many people been coming right looking around and doing this and doing that we were worried about who you were oh i'm just here to do an insurance value oh okay. so who are these oh, are they who are they I might know them oh it's such and such um for such and such so then i got the name of the other potential um assignee and then i was able to do all my research into the strength of their business, um, they the way they operated, um, and how what the strength of their covenant, as we say, for the purpose of the valuation. So, mm-hmm. say the rent was going to be a million pounds per home, seven million pounds a year. Um, to value that cash flow, use an investment yield. I know we're going slightly off topic, but. Um, the 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 weaker the covenant, the weaker the strength of the tenant who would be this other party, um, the lower the valuation. It's just as simple as that. So I knew with my client as the leaseholder, the year the investment year would be, would be we're talking about a completely different number, and the capital value resulting from a half of that cash flow would result in a, a much increased capital value. Um, well over 20 million. Whereas with the other party, they may be paying more rent, but the investment yield was completely different and the value was under the amount of the loan. So at that point, I knew I couldn't lose this game of poker and it was a bit like a game of poker. But I knew I had a... a, What's the winning hand? Four aces, is it? I knew I had four aces. So I wasn't worried at that point. My client, unfortunately, was tremendously worried. And... um, We had many conference calls with the board and the finance director didn't understand the valuation methodology, which was quite tricky. And and I said to them in the end, look, you just need to trust me with this. Just don't stop breathing. Don't hold your breath, for goodness sake. But just leave it with me for a couple of days. I will get these for you on the right terms. And they were like, oh, (laughs) Just leave it. Just calm, calm, keep calm, everybody. And yeah, sure enough, by the end of that week, we had terms agreed. Massive. well, half the rent, RPI plus review, completely stripped out. Um, asset management plan every year, gone based on my clients' reputation for the way they already operated their care home portfolio, which was expensive and is even more extensive now than it was then. So once you know you've got the winning hand, you can just let the other party. I did, I did have a little bit of fun with it, actually. I did let him wriggle around a bit, you know, and sort of squirm until I said to him, look, I know who the other bidder might be. I know, what, I know their covenant. Here's my evaluation of their covenant. What do you think? And he just went, okay, okay, okay. Let's just get it done. And we got it done. Whole thing start to finish about two months. Which seems like a long time, but actually Two
1: two months to buy 200 bed spaces is unheard of, or or to to lease 200.
2: They were taking an assignment of the lease, but with substantial changes to the lease. I mean, the deed of variation was probably longer than the lease itself. Um, They wouldn't have a brand new lease. I don't know why, because from my point of view, and I was a valuer at the time, it would have been much cleaner from an investment point of view to have a brand new lease. But they didn't want that. And I said, well, okay, as long as we get a of variation, which covers every single point, we'll go with the least we've got subject to the variations.
1: Not to good. Right. So, so you can connect with Christine on, on LinkedIn. Um, so Christine Janoway. uh Look her up, connect. Um, and if you're having any problems, get in touch with me, Will Mallard. This is um, My Property World podcast. Christine Janoway, uh, you, you're very welcome.